gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, what's going on, Defenders? Welcome back to Defenders of the Bank, and welcome to episode 123. We are calling this episode, finally, dot, 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 we're going streaking! Through the quad and into the fourth place in the standings. Yeah! I am your loud and bold, lover of all things black and gold, Philly. And with me, the man who could do no wrong in putting together the masterpiece known as Brian's Song. <laughs> the only man I know who's far from mean and a dude who's part of a club that's into jelly beans. More on that later. <laughs> I love that you couldn't read your own notes because you spelled four of those words incorrectly. That yeah, was awesome. Yeah, stop. stop. <laughs> Scarfy. Yes, Scarfy. Oh. English and Latin teaching Scarfy. Good Lord. Yeah, I found someone as equally as odd, and that's why him and I run this small little pod. J.R. Liebert! The Scarf! What is good, everybody? And we were not kidding. We are going through the quad and in a fourth place in the standings. We're going streaking, everybody. Woohoo! Thanks to what has to be, Philly, the weight. What? what moment of the whole season? We're talking six starters gone. Six starters gone. Two for injury. Four on international duty. No Adama Diamande. And if you would have told me that we would have not just beaten Seattle, but handled them pretty nicely. Look, LAFC got super lucky on a couple of these set pieces and a couple of missed opportunities. We had a bunch of players in rave green looking like Christian Ramirez out there today. <laughs> but that being said, Philly, our best game of the season, both in terms of how we played and how we felt after an improbable 3-1 win for the black and gold over last year's champs, as we all know, Seattle Sounders. Whoa! And still, Philly, unbeaten at the bank in the regular season against Seattle. It was an unbelievable match, a total team effort, and we're going to get into that momentarily. But Scarf, not only was the LAFC a shocking but unbelievable blessing, I said yesterday on One More Sleep that I was going into this matchup expect, hoping for the best experience Expecting the worst. I'm so happy I was pleasantly surprised. But not only did that happen, Scarf, it was a beautiful, beautiful and wonderful day here in the city of Woo! LA. It's not only LAFC one. Not only did the Rams win, but I'm going to let you be excited about this one because they are, in fact, your team. Scarf, what's the other reason why we're excited today? We got one for Kobe, not just black and gold, but purple and gold today as well. Look, there were tears in my eyes as the confetti, which, by the way, was shaped. I don't know if you guys saw that on the broadcast. The confetti that was raining down on the Lakers was shaped like the Larry O'Brien trophy, like the championship trophy. There were tears in my eyes because, look, full disclosure, I am not a LeBron fan. I, I'm a big fan of Anthony Davis, but yeah, I am I love by far. And the bro. I, I am a Kobe guy through and through. I was devastated in February when we lost Kobe. Yep. And I had those tears in my eyes today because while I would have liked us to do it in the Black Mamba jerseys last game, to win one for Kobe, I don't really care that we tied the Celtics with 17, but I think that's great that we did. 
this is, in my opinion, the most important Laker championship because we did it in the year that we lost Kobe Bryant. And it just means, as an Angelino born and raised in this city, I went to high school four minutes from Staples Center where they're hopefully in a year or so going to be able to have some sort of championship celebration. It's just, I, there were tears in my eyes today. Happy for Kobe that he's watching down from above, and obviously Gianna and everybody else that we lost in that awful, 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 awful accident. But look, happy for Vanessa too, because this has to maybe help her bring a little bit more closure to everything. I mean, she lost her daughter and her husband, so I don't, why does an NBA championship bring closure? But it's that Lakers family, and, and I'm just so, so, so grateful that we get to celebrate an LAFC win on the same day as celebrating the Lakers championship. I didn't grow up a Laker fan. Obviously, I'm from New York. I am a Knicks fan, and yes, you could cue in the laughter right now. If only, <laughs> if only we had... Thanks, Nelson. If only we had that as a soundbite. But being a resident now of Los Angeles, haven't been here almost five years, I love this city, and I love when this city is is rejoicing. And as crazy as it was seeing all those people hanging around the Staples Center and partying up... LA needed this. I think we needed a bit of joy. I mean, this year started off poorly because of the passing of of Kobe, Gianna, and the rest of the people within that helicopter. Hopefully this might, I don't know, in terms of like the cosmic powers, break some kind of a curse that we've had here in the United States and the rest of the world in 2020. Hopefully we can put this pandemic behind us at some point. I don't know, but at the end of the day, this is exciting. I'm happy for the Lakers. I'm happy for the city of LA. I know the millions and millions of Defenders of the Bank fans out there. A lot of you are Lakers fans, and the fact that you're happy makes me happy, and, and, and I love that. I was telling Scarf earlier, and in the three decades I grew up in New York, I experienced my team winning one championship. That was the Mets winning in the World Series in 86, and I was six. Coming here less than five years to get to experience uh, the local team winning a championship, that's pretty, pretty cool. Can't wait for LAFC to do it. So now let's get back on the point and talk about LAFC. But Scarf, normally where we would begin with this day in LAFC history, you wanted to take it a different route today. So why don't you kick things off with what you want to kick things off? Yeah, with? you know, normally we start with this. Well, normally we have banter like we're doing now. But then we go to this day in LAFC history, banter. news and notes, everything else. But Philly, I got three words for the black and gold faithful out there. Jesus David Murillo. Oh my goodness, Philly. We have been clamoring, we have been yearning, we have been begging for the giant hole that was left by the trade of Walker Zimmerman to be filled by our front office, and it looks like it hasn't been confirmed yet by LAFC. They did send out international mail, but that was to get Kwadu Apoku. Thank you, Mahala. We Talk got, about that in a second. We got to see him in a little, a little bit today. But Jesus... David Murillo, a longtime starter at center back in Colombia and looks to be just the type of center back that LAFC has been lacking since the trade of Walker Zimmerman. Murillo comes over from Independiente Medellin, which of course is the same club that gave us Edward Atuesta. And in fact, these two were teammates for, oh, four games in 2018. And they actually played a total of 14 minutes together. Uh -huh. Atuesta didn't start any of those first four games in that season for Independiente Medellin, but Murillo did. Atuesta was subbed in in the first match of the year and the 76th minute. So they actually were on the same pitch together for 14 whole minutes, including maybe some stoppage time as well. So it's not like they had a lot of time to build chemistry, but 
He has played 98 caps for Independiente Medellin, tallying six goals, four assists, and he looks to be that answer to why did we trade Walker Zimmerman? It just took us, oh, I don't know, almost nine months to answer that question. But look, that being said, very, very excited to bring in Jesus David Murillo. Without a doubt, and a little bit of uh, knowledge bestowed upon us visually, Scarv and I were fortunate enough to once again get media credentials for the match today. True. And we happened to see this gentleman rolling around Bank of California Stadium and taking photos. So if he's here taking photos, that's a good sign. Bob actually mentioned something about him in, in the press conference. He's got to go through quarantine. He's got to pass his medicals. It hasn't been made official. But he's here. He's in L.A. He was at the bank. He was taking photos. He was envisioning what he would do at Bank of California Stadium. I don't want to say any deal is as good as the done, but to see this young man here and you hear all the people talking about it look it's gonna happen the front office look they've been they knew about our holes in the back line it's just only a matter of time before they were able to fill it and we're not gonna get too froggy even though we're jumping like crazy right now but our problems might be solved who knows don't want to put all the pressure on this kid and expect him to be the savior of everything but the statistics look good his his videos look good. He's a big dude. He's six foot. He's, he's made of muscle. He doesn't seem like he's afraid of people. This should be a good be a good thing. And, and Philly, the thing that I like too, and I know we bring in a ton of South Americans, right? We bring in a ton of great talent. But, but here's what I like more than anything else. He's not 19 or 20. He's not a young pup still learning to come into his own. He's 26. He's, he's, as the coach for Oklahoma State, Mike Gundy, would say, he's a man. So I'm actually looking forward to seeing this guy step right in. And now, Philly, to have the Colombian connection that we will with pairing up with Eddie Segura and the triangle forming there with our center mid, Edward Atuesta, how awesome can this be moving forward? I think we have all of a sudden now, if we've shortened this up on the back line, we've vaulted right back to the top of potential MLS Cup champions. Without a doubt, without a doubt. But again, we're feeling froggy. We're jumping quite a bit. It hasn't been made official, but it's looking pretty damn good. Bearing that in mind, let's go to everybody's favorite segment taught by our professor over here. This day in LAFC history, Scarf, bless us with your knowledge. It is about 9.30 in the evening on game day, October 11th, 2020, and this Day in LAFC history, October 11th, last year, 2019, Carlos Vela's Houdini goal versus San Jose, where that's where we got the call, Vela, 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 Yeah, I can hear lots of Velas. That was nominated for MLS Goal of the Year, but somehow didn't win. I don't know how that goal didn't win MLS Goal of the Year. The next day, October 12th, back in 2018, that will forever be known as the rain game, Philly, where LAFC down Houston Dynamo at home 4-2, behind four points from Carlos Vela, not goals. He scored two and had two assists, a crazy rain and lightning delay for almost two hours. That's when they showed the World Series game on the big screen, and I got to watch Yasiel Puig strike out. That was also, by the way, really cool, although not the best weather for them. LAFC hosted the Wild Boars Thai soccer team that was trapped in the cave that day, too. That was kind of a crazy cool thing to see at Bank of California Stadium. These kids were flown all the way to Los Angeles to take in a match with LAFC. And, of course, at that game, Philly, 
That was when the bobblehead was given away. The Bob Bradley bobblehead. <laughs> there he is. To the first 10,000 fans through the door, Bob Bradley bobbleheads given away. So you can't forget that. And our last day will go through on this day in LAFC history on the 13th of October in 1995. A very happy birthday in two days to a man who probably played a game tonight that he would like to forget. Adrian Perez, obviously the pride of Loyola Marymount University. Happy birthday to Adrian Perez, who will be turning 25 in just two days. And also on the 13th in 2016, LAFC announces a partnership with IBM to help transform live game experiences at Bank of California Stadium and also to sponsor our Wi-Fi. So every time you log on to the Wi-Fi at Bank of California Stadium, that was through a partnership with IBM on October 13th, 2016. And Philly, it's time to move into the news and notes section. And I got something that I know you're going to be pretty excited about. This was formally announced on LAFC's homepage. Bank of California Stadium is set to host camp, Philly. And that's K-A-M-P in 2021. And I, for one, my friend, I am extremely excited. Philly, do you have any idea what camp is? No. No? Camp. <laughs> no. I, I know you've read my notes, so that's not true. But well, yeah, camp. fine, I'm lying, but I thought it'd be a fun segment <laughs> no, that works. for you yeah, actually No, you're absolutely right. More. There you go. Camp is the first international K-pop music festival started by Los Angeles native Tim Kim, by the way, who for some reason, Philly, spells his name in all caps. Because he's loud and bold too, brother. I, I guess so. Kesha uses a dollar sign. Tim Kim, She also rinses her mouth out with Jack Daniels. She does. I can totally get behind that. She does. But he spells his name in all caps. I don't know why he's yelling at us, but Philly, if it's safe to go back to the bank when this festival is scheduled, I am in. Philly, can you imagine if somehow director of match day presentation Al Rate needs to put together visuals for BTS or Blackpink or any of these other incredible K-pop bands? Philly, I'm in. Not only that, I'm saying at some point we're going to have to start listening and brushing up on our K-pop before we head to this festival in 2021. Are you with me, brother? I'm always with you, brother. I'll go to I'll go to the devil's house with you, bro. I don't give a damn. It doesn't matter if it's K-pop or if it's if it's if it's a jelly bean convention. I'm gonna be riffing on you with this jelly bean thing in just a second. Not just any jelly beans. I thought he's part of a jelly bean club. Who the hell is part of a jelly bean club? Okay, time out. It's not just any jelly beans, guys. Okay, here's the thing. I'm not a big sweets person, but but you're part of a jelly bean club. Not just any jelly jelly bellies. Jelly belly. I'm part of a jelly belly fan club. I love jelly belly jelly beans it's my thing i don't i don't drink soda i don't eat a lot of sweets i'm all about jelly belly jelly beans my favorite flavors are flavors like mango and kiwi and red raspberry and when you think you know everything about your partner and pod that he pulls out a, a, a jelly bean club membership Listen, i'm sorry a jelly belly uh, thank club you membership. see that now you're on the right track it look I'm a big fan of Jelly Belly Jelly Beans. So, and, and by the way, I'm we not know a beer club. It's they do have a factory here in California. It's up north, and and we know that those that run the factory there, you guys are big fans of the pod. So we really thank you for listening. If if you wouldn't mind just taking Philly and the scarf when you guys open back up again on a tour for the Jelly Belly Jelly Bean Factory, I mean, I'll I do am, that. Sure, I am all in. Philly, I know you though actually have some news and notes about LAFC as well. Am I correct, sir? Uh, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you addressed the whole Jelly Belly thing. because Well, you brought I'm, it up. Well, I'm, I mean, just, I'm, not, I'm not shock about it. I mean, jeez, I thought I knew a lot about you. I'm never going to say I knew everything about you, but 
God, jelly beans. Like, that's just nuts. Anyway, we talked about the potential signing earlier. Why don't we talk about an actual signing? And that actual signing is Quadwo Mahala Opoku. Yes, we signed a forward. Yes, we heard your comments. Yes, we read your comments. But he was a forward who played with us during the preseason. He's been with us all along. A player we actually got to see firsthand during the FC Dallas and Toronto preseason match. A player that we mistakenly <laughs> thought was NYCFC player Quadwo Poku. But the difference is you need to add an O to the last name. You need to subtract nine years and eight inches and poof, you'll understand the magnitude of our mistake. That contract was signed on October the 6th. We've got him officially. Mahala is the first signing from the Atram de Visser Soccer Academy. And as per John Thorrington, I quote, this signing kickstarts a process and a more formal partnership with this academy. He happens to be from the same town as Latif Blessing, Accra, Ghana. Opoku, during his time at this academy, scored 29 goals in 64 games. He's represented the West African country, the 2017 U-17 Africa Cup of Nation in Gabon, featured in two group games for the Black Starlets, and he's also a member of the U-20 squad. Now, this partnership may sound good, but it's not exclusive defenders. We're not the only club that has a partnership with this academy. We're the only MLS club, but there are a few international clubs that you might have sh- you might have heard of. This is that deep knowledge that, by the way, you only get on Defenders of the Bank Philly. This is quality research, my friend. Keep going. Yeah, not only do you get quality research, but you get to know a lot about us. You, you get to know the fact that Scarf is part of a jelly bean. We're still doing this, huh? We're still... <laughs> We're still doing this. This is this is this is my way. You're, you're holding a tropical lime Corona seltzer in your hand, and you're making fun of me. I, I'm a, it's it's a vacation from here in Philadelphia <laughs> Studios. But yes, <laughs> so yeah, so PSV Eindhoven, big club in in Holland. Wilhelm II, I was going to say Zwei, that's German, it's not Dutch, is another club in Germany, Schalke, a club that we all know Weston McKinney played for. Philly, didn't uh, Lee Wynn play for PSV Eindhoven for a little bit? He did, after his freshman year at our alma mater, Indiana University. He means our as in Lee Wynn and Christian Philly. You're absolutely right. Now, here's a little bit of backstory on this academy for those of you wondering. It was founded in 2010 by Ghanaian international Godwin Atram and Dutch coach Pete de Visser. This is really interesting stuff, by the way, and I don't say that sarcastically. Godwin (laughs) played for PSV Eindhoven and a few clubs in Saudi Arabia to go along with 10 caps and a goal for Ghana. DeVisser was a top-level scout for PSV Eindhoven, who, as per the LAFC News website, is credited for actually scouting Ronaldo during his time there. Ronaldo the Brazilian or Cristiano Ronaldo? More recently, my friend. Now, DeVisser's resume is quite impressive. He was a personal advisor to Roman Abramovich, the owner of Chelsea Football Club in England. He was also responsible. This dropped my jaw scarf. Yeah. He was responsible for the transfer of Aryan Robin from Eindhoven to Chelsea, the very Robin who got all kinds of medals and trophies at Bayern Munich. Yeah. Now, Bob was invited to this academy, and he really liked what he saw. Mahalo, which is the name Opoku goes by, caught his eye. In recent interviews with Thorrington and Bob, they were both heard mentioning the fact that they were really impressed with his maturity. What was equally impressive, though, is that the boys, meaning LAFC, 
When this kid signed on October the 6th, they held a little celebration for him. That goes to show you how accepted he is in this club, how hard he works. He's a very mature, very hardworking young man. He's a new, young, and talented forward. And look, with this pipeline that we have with this academy that's credited for producing so many talented Ghanaian players, it's a win-win. I don't know the exact specifics behind the financials. I would venture to guess that Mahala might be making the league minimum, which is, I believe, 57 7000 it might have come up. Let's just round it up to $100,000, Defenders. Whoa, Even if you though round that's up, not the numbers. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You deal with money for a living. You just rounded up 57000 to 100 So here's the reason why I'm doing it. Whatever they gave him, okay, and the fact that they have this pipeline to Ghana, you know, not exclusively sharing with a couple of other clubs, I think that's worth way more than what they're spending for him. So this is a beautiful long-term vision done by John Thorrington and co. to bring young, talented players here to Los Angeles to represent the black and gold with the potential of getting better, attracting more attention, and then obviously us being in, in a seller's market. But Philly, can I ask you a question? Pipeline to Ghana, doesn't that sound like some low-budget Keanu Reeves surf movie that he made when he was in like high school or college? That's a second, second Keanu Reeves like reference we did today. We we referenced we referenced Bill and Ted, which hey, dude, we, we did. We might that could be our Halloween costume if we do oh a party like goodness, that. But yeah, that's the that's out. the actual signing. Can't wait to actually report the official signing of our of our new defender. But Mahala is going to be good. He got a couple of minutes today. We're going to talk about that. But that is the majority of the official LAFC news and notes. Scarf, you got anything else? I do. We've got some LAFC players on international. National duty. Uruguay. They said duty. Uruguay kicked off their World Cup qualifying matches on Thursday with a 2-1 win over Chile. And who was named man of the match, according to a bunch of different soccer websites? That would be Raito, Brian Rodriguez. No way. You mean Raito, the guy everybody bashes on social yeah. media? Yeah, turns star? out he's also really, really good when he plays for Uruguay. He started and played the first 87 minutes while Diego Rossi was eligible for selection but did not feature. Raito drew an early penalty that Luis Suarez might least favorite international player, by the way, was able to put home for the first goal. I I don't like Luis Suarez at all. So they go up 1-0 off of a PK that Raito drew. Also of note, by the way, it was Raito's substitute, even though he only came out in the 87th minute. Maximiliano Gomez-Gonzalez, who scored the incredibly late game winner in the third minute for Uruguay, 2-1 over Chile. And also on Thursday, Ecuador kicked off their qualifying matches with a tough matchup against Argentina. Yep, that Argentina. And they of course got a 13th minute PK from Lionel Messi. No way. I thought he was done with his international play. Hasn't he threatened that many times? He has, but that goal, unfortunately, Philly, like they called George W. Bush the president, would be the decider and in the one nothing victory for Argentina over Ecuador, Jose Cifuentes was available for selection but did not play and for some reason, Diego Palacios not listed on the game day roster and Philly, I think you're going to close us out on the news and notes segment right before we get in to the recap of our win over the defending champs. Just to put the exclamation point on your last bit of news scarf, Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, we have Uruguay squaring off against Ecuador. 
Now, I think these matches are being played on pay-per-view. There's got to be some way to illegally stream this. The fact that these matches are on pay-per-view is freaking ridiculous. And it's like $29.99 to watch the match. Yeah, it's stupid. If it was $2.99, I wouldn't care. But it's just a principal thing. I'm Again, I'm sure we could illegally stream it. Not that we condone that kind of behavior here at Defenders of the Bank. Oh, no, no. But you got the opportunity to see our, our boys in the black and gold potentially square off against each other. The only one we know for a fact that's probably going to feature is going to be Rodriguez. But it would be pretty darn cool. I would just watch it for the simple potential of seeing all four of our players. And what I mean by all four is Raito and Rossi on Uruguay and Chiki and Sifu on Ecuador. They get all four on there. That's going to be probably a pretty cool thing and something that could potentially find its way on the scarf segment this day in LAFC history. So keep an eye out for that Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on pay-per-view or any of the legal streaming services that you will find. Yeah, so it's time to talk about the incredible victory over Seattle. Oh, baby! Let's talk about something, though, going into the match that I didn't think would matter all that much. I thought we'd be able to throw out the record books with the lineup that we were putting out there. Seattle has actually never beaten LAFC in a regular season match at Bank of California Stadium. However, like we've talked about on this podcast, oh, I don't know how many times, the only match that really mattered that we ever played against them at Bank of California Stadium, we got whooped 3-1 in the Western Conference Final. And of course, this is the fourth time, thank you, MLS schedule makers, that we will play Seattle in this weird 2020 season. We knocked them out of the MLS's back tournament with an emphatic 4-1 victory at the end of July, but unfortunately, they returned the favor twice since then with a 3-1 victory at the end of August and a somewhat controversial but definitely still deserving 3-0 victory three weeks later. If you remember back three weeks ago, two soft early penalty kicks were awarded to Seattle, putting them up 2 nothing. with that was Nico Lodiero, who I believe slotted both of those home pretty easily. And then Raul Ruiz Diaz salted the game away with a late goal. Both of those matches, however, Philly, those were in Seattle, in the Emerald City. This one is home at Bank of California Stadium. Philly, the run of form going into this, I- I'm going to read what I wrote for LAFC, and boy, was I wrong. Honestly, I said I don't think much matters in terms of run of form for LAFC heading into this match. We're starting our most experienced lineup possible, which Philly and I will go into in just a moment, but it's definitely missing a lot of key pieces, although we have one two of our last three. Philly, did you really think run of form and how we had played in our last few matches mattered at all with this lineup that we had here? No, it didn't matter as the marketing for this game that MLS did didn't matter. I mean, they were showing players that weren't even going to be on the pitch today. It really didn't matter. But to your point... Uh, I mean, Seattle put the shebang bang on us like throughout the course of this season, with the exception of that four to one match in the round of 16 of the COVID Cup, which I would say gave us all a false sense of confidence. Seattle's basically put us put us in their pocket. They've been smoking us like a pack of Marlboro scarf. It's been it's been ugly. Revenge is such it's it was so it was such a dish served so sweetly in the matter that it did. I like, and I don't know if I want to be this way often, because normally we would say best in the West and best in MLS, which unfortunately best in the West are these freaking guys. But, man, it was really nice to knock these dudes off their perch. It was nice to see Brian Schmetzer shut his yapper up. It was nice to see our young players emerge 
But we'll get into that in just a second. Yeah, Philly, Seattle looked very much like the defending champs coming into this match. Since we knocked them out of the MLS's back tournament, they've played a total of 10 matches, and they've only lost two, and both of those were their rival Portland. So that means they've picked up seven wins and a draw in those 10 matches, and they are playing as well as any team in Major League Soccer. But Philly, you have to remember when we talked about them earlier, what do all the other matches have in common except for that one playoff loss to them? One thing has been in common in all of those matches, and it was it held true today. No Raul Ruiz Diaz. That guy is a game changer. That guy is a difference maker. Today, though, Philly, I will argue when we get into right now how both teams are missing some key pieces heading into tonight's match, I will argue that another player for Seattle is the one who they really missed. Philly, why don't you get into the injury report coming into this match? No surprise. Carlos Vela, Tristan Blackman out. However, there is some news. Carlos Vela was training as a neutral player at practice, according to Bob. This was the case even back on Wednesday when we were getting ready against our match uh, against the Rapids. Tristan, not so much getting back in there, but putting in side work, not looking great now. We've seen Tristan at the bank on multiple occasions wearing street clothes. We don't know the extent of his injury. I, I haven't really heard too much about that, but... Also, by the way, we got to see Philip Ejimato today in street clothes. Oh, yeah. I mean... <laughs> we we got to give a shout-out to our boy, Philip Ejimato. Always got to give Philip a shout-out. I mean, San Diego, interesting things that they're doing there. I mean, I will say that they definitely stand by their morals and principles, but he was down there along with Alejandro Guido. We'll talk about him momentarily. But those are the two players out for LAFC that were injured, <laughs> not the players that were just out. And Seattle, <laughs> Seattle had three boys out. Danny Leva, left foot fracture. Jovan Jones, high ankle sprain. And then backup goalkeeper Trey Muse out with a concussion. Those Trey, Trey Muse, by the way, named after the band Muse, I believe, if you look it up. I think that's true. Get out of here, really? Nah, probably not. Okay, fair enough. So, Philly, not in the lineup today, though, for international duty. Let me take Seattle for you, if you don't mind. We got Raul Ruiz Diaz for my, my adopted country that I root for, Peru. We've got Gustav Svensson for Sweden. And the guy who I think Seattle played like they were missing the most today, Xavier Ariaga from Ecuador, who, by the way, if we watch that Ecuador versus Uruguay match, we might be able to see him play as well because that's where he is for his country. I really thought Seattle looked like they missed their key midfielder in Xavier Ariaga, Philly. We talked about it already, but do you want to just remind our listeners one more time those four players that were missing on international duty? <laughs> he said duty. Yes, we still are childish in our humor. Yeah, nope. Diego Rossi, the golden boot leader, he wasn't there. Raito, he wasn't there. Both those guys are with Uruguay. Sifu and Chiki weren't there because they were playing with Ecuador. And you got to throw this in there, too. Dio, and I mentioned Dio because... He's not walking through that door again, Philly. No, I know, but I mentioned him because I will say something. He made a post on, on Mental Health Awareness Day that really, really hit me in, in, in the soul. He admitted as to why he went to the SABH uh, uh, substance abuse program. A lot of you guys thought that it was it was drug-related, alcohol-related. That wasn't the case. He's a devout Muslim. No, but not at all. Dio's suffering from depression. And the fact that he was willing to admit it on the medium that he admitted it on, 
You know, my, my hat's off to him. I, I can't imagine the, the, the drama, the demons, the tension he was going through. But the fact that he admitted it the way he did, that takes a lot of courage. It really, really does. And I miss the man incredibly. We, we had him on episode 99, coincidentally, his number. And he we were smiling with him, got photos of him laughing. We were having a good time. And to see him go and to know that what, what he was dealing with, you know, my heart goes out to you, Dio, to you and your family, wherever you land, uh, regardless of whether it's playing or, or commentating or training, whatever, we definitely want to keep an eye on your career, but, you know, we're, we're down seven starters from the beginning of the season. It's the four boys we mentioned, along with Dio, and the two that are hurt. Seven starters. Seven starters, and we're going into today's matchup. It was being hyped by MLS. The unfortunate thing was our time slot was rather crappy. We were contending with the NBA Finals. Um, it is what it is, but how, how, how the hell do you compete without seven of your big playtime players out? How do the defending Supporters' Shield winners go against the Major League Soccer champions oh it was fantastic we'll tell you about that in a second but that's the story with LAFC's omissions yeah Philly let's get into the starting lineups because we are set to talk about what was a fantastic victory I of course will take the visitors as I normally do it is Seattle why is that scarf not only do you like jelly beans and you're part of a club why do you always take the visitors I think it's because you have trouble pronouncing names you don't see every week. Oh, that is hogwash and pish posh. I'm pretty sure that's true. I so, can pronounce the name Smith and O'Neill quite well, thank <laughs> you very much. Seattle in there, 4 2 three, one. Philly's already taken two of my 11 names, and I have to say thank you so much for that. You're so very welcome. Goalkeeper Stefan Fry, who we know and love very, very much here on Defenders of the Bank. Defender Brad Smith, not from BYU. Shane <laughs> O'Neill, also, by the way, Shane O'Neill, is there a more Irish-sounding name? Good thing he's There's from... There's definitely a pub in Boston named after him. Shane O'Neill. Yeah, no, he is from Ireland, by the way, so it's okay that we say that. Jesus. I'm making a collection of empty cans. It's you... been a good day. Yeah, okay. Defender Yamar Gomez Andrade, who we nicknamed the problem, but you might have thought he was, I don't know, non The solution. I mean, he was non-existent today in the match. Oh, good Lord. I would have thought he would have really put his imprint on this match today, being able to almost literally throw around Latif Blessing and anybody else who came inside the box last match. But Yamar Gomez-Andrade, who has been an incredible pickup for them, really non-existent. Defender Kevin Leardom, midfielder Joao Paulo, and I will say midfielder Joao Paulo was their MVP by far today. He was really fun to watch. If you have a chance to go back and watch this game, maybe you DVR'd it, or maybe you have some sort of cool illegal way of taping games that legal I don't know. Legal ways, Scarf. Yeah, don't sure. condone illegalities. Look, if you have it, just hit me up on at LAFC underscore the Scarf so I can figure out what you're doing. Make I sure he shares it with uh, at DOTV. All, all these matches. Joao Paulo is, I, I'm not allowed to have favorites on other teams, but we talked about how talented I think Raul Ruiz Diaz is and, and how much fun it is to watch Joao Paulo. Midfielder Jordi Delem, Jordan Morris, Nico Lodiero, Christian Roldan, and taking the spot of Raul Ruiz Diaz, who no doubt would have slotted several of your opportunities home today, was forward <laughs> Will Bruin, who was not able to do that for Seattle. I just want to go into their 18 real quick, just in case. 
backup goalkeeper was Stefan Cleveland. And it also, his name kind of reminded me of, remember when on Family Matters, Steve Urkel had that like alternate Stefan Urkel? I don't know. When I read Stefan Cleveland, I thought of Stefan Urkel back in the Family Matters I was Matters thinking days. Family Guy Cleveland. Sure, Cleveland for sure. And by the way, this, this backup keeper hasn't featured in an MLS match since 2018. You got Nuhu out there along with Roman Torres. And I have to say this because I mentioned it to Vince, who we sat next to watching the game today, covering it for our beautiful little podcast that we have here. Roman Torres, for those of you that are watching Ted Lasso on Apple TV, Roman Torres looks just like Isaac from AFC Richmond. Please go watch that. It, Roman Torres is Isaac from AFC Richmond. Alex Roldan, who Philly now knows exists. Hanwha Labuana, Shandon Hopo, the homegrown from Hawaii, and Josh Atencio. This kid, Philly, you and I saw him when he checked into the match. We'll talk about him in just a minute. The 18-year-old homegrown kid who just looks like a Rottweiler puppy out there who hasn't grown into his paws yet. This kid is massive. He made his debut this season in the MLS's back tournament. And to round out their bench, Miguel Ibarra, the longtime MLS veteran, and Rancho Santa Margarita's own Justin Dillon. That's the lineup for the Rave Green Philly who you got for the black and gold? By rave green, you mean your old Seattle Sounders scarf? Yeah, you know, I, I do this to Philly all the time with NYCFC. Anytime someone comes up with uh, NYCFC. Yes, Seattle was my old team. I was a fan of them for several years before we had LAFC. I also got a bunch of free stuff from Xbox when I used to do game testing for Activision. So I had a lot of free Seattle Sounders stuff. You did stuff. that too? I, God, I, I feel like I don't know who the hell I'm potting with. Oh my goodness. It's, I remember Jelly Bean Club. All right, go on. All right. <laughs> Activision and jelly beans. What were they were they happening simultaneously? I could see you right there with your Xbox control <laughs> reaching into that jelly belly drawer. Look, it's one of those things that if I didn't break either of those two habits, I could I'd be, see you on the set of Grandma's Boy oh right now. Oh my god, I'd be in a, a basement How do they right see now. Me? Just, oh my goodness. <laughs> playing like World of Warcraft or whatever. All right, go on. All right, so let's get into that. And by the way, if you play World of Warcraft, that's great. I just don't. So don't don't get upset at me if you still play World of Warcraft. Wow. <laughs> bringing out the uh, the hard LAFC. Look at you. You said, wow, you know what we're talking about. No, I mean, it was just the acronym. I uh-huh. mean, you didn't take a rocket Philly, scientist. who started this match for LAFC? That's <laughs> what the public wants we're to know. We're falling off the rails. Pablo Cisniega, no surprise there. No controversy there. Latif Blessing, Dayan Yakovic, Eddie Segura. And look, like, be honest. Feel free to DM us. Feel free to comment. How many of you booed the fact that Jordan Harvey was starting? Seriously. Not, not me. I mean, not me either, but how many of you out there? Wait, the millions, wait, hold on. And, and millions. If you did boo, by the way, that Jordan Harvey started this match, please let me know who you would have rather started in Jordan Harvey's place. And if you say Andy Nahar, before, <laughs> before you type in the J that gets pronounced like an H in his name, just go, turn off whatever device you're using and go to bed. Because it's not going to be a fun day for you if you tell us, oh, we should have started Andy Nahar. I, look, I, I, I won't say who we had conversations with, but there are a lot of people that were at Bank of California Stadium today that are done with Andy Nahar. I have never, and Philly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. I'm going to put down my drink and just stop and talk in the microphone for just a second to the millions. And millions. Of Defenders of the Bank Ooh. listeners out there. Andy Nahar is the first black and gold player. This includes Andre Horta. This includes Christian Ramirez. He is the first black and gold player that I am done with. I was ready to give Andre Horta more chances. Everybody knows on this podcast how many chances I've given Brian Rodriguez, and I think he's finally starting to come through on them. Even Christian Ramirez, local boy, wanted him to do really well. Philly, I 
I, Scarf, am done with Andy Nahar. I'm impressed. I, I, I never was for Andy Nahar. Not since <laughs> I learned about that, that injury list. I'm sorry. To be blunt, you see that? You see the history has a tendency of repeating itself. This guy gets hurt walking out to the parking lot. His Achilles heel is putting on his boots and crossing that white line onto the pitch. He, he What, he gets hurt subbing for K? Oh, God. I know we're being really, really mean. To, when it comes to this, and we're not very often mean when it comes to this, and it's unfortunate because he was a player of of quality and a player of talent, but it's done. It is done. I don't know what kind of rehab he can go through uh, with the. I, I don't know. Maybe they give him a new body. Uh, that's the only way that this guy should feature anymore. I mean, going out in the way he did. I mean, you're you're done with him. I never was all for him. Yeah, anyway. and, and the other thing I want to mention to all of our athletes that do listen to our podcast, and we know that there are several, I was talking about this with Philly, and we both kind of hit the nail right on the head. I had a coach tell me this in seventh grade when I was playing volleyball, and I had a couple of lower ankle injuries and everything, and he said to me, he said, look, you need to understand something right now as an athlete, and I was an athlete, I promise. He said too. the most important ability – that any athlete will ever have the most important ability that any athlete will ever have has nothing to do with speed has nothing to do with height has nothing to do with power has nothing to do with anything else the most important ability is availability because if you're not available you can't help your team and we have now relied on Andy Nahar too many times and we haven't even by the way gotten through the rest of the starting lineup it's just this tangent that we went off on after Jordan Harvey but and and by the way, Jordan Harvey, we'll talk about him Man at the of end the of the match, match, baby. I mean, come on. But Andy Nahar is not available for us anymore. I can't imagine what was going through. We'll get to the moment. I'm sorry. I'm jumping the shark a little bit here. Philly, who started in the midfield for the Black Scarf, and Scarf, I just want to finish it off this way. I was watching Forgetting Sarah Marshall the other day. Okay. And it was that episode. It was that scene where, where Peter... It was on the on the on the beach with, with with the one big Hawaiian dude, and he mentions, "Bro, it's like the Sopranos. It's over. Get a new defender." That's basically how I feel about Andy Nahar. Get a new defender. I I, I don't wish the guy. I don't wish ill will on him, but I mean, well, you said and it, we're done for us. We're done and, anyway. And luckily for us, Philly, we will talk about another defender that seemed like they might have played their way in. To more of a starting without a doubt, off. Jordan Harvey again. Just going back to what we were saying, there this long-winded way of announcing the LAFC starting lineup. A lot of y'all probably booed, and feel free to DM us. But Jordan Harvey, easily his best game this season, easily. Anyway, our midfield, no surprise. We had Poncho. Congrats, he scored his first goal. Dude, how yeah. sweet were those yellow boots that he was wearing? Oh my goodness, I love them so much. Oh, you could spot him from a mile away. I mean, he. By the way, he ended up getting a uh, a, a bit of disciplinary action that happened to be the same color as his boots. More on that later. But then we had El Capitan, Edward Atuesta, Mark Anthony K. We'll talk about what happened to him. Adrian Perez, <laughs> your boy from Loyola Marymount. Ugh. Bradley Wright Phillips and the Moose. The Moose was loose and kicked Seattle in the caboose. Danny Musovsky, we'll talk about him. Now, the bench really quickly. We, we already know Andy Nahar was, was there, so we'll strike that off. Thanks, what I need Andy. To say. Alejandro Guido. Yes, Alejandro Guido. Making his comeback from San Diego Loyal. We had Kenneth Vermeer, 
Mohamed Traore, who has been on the injured list for quite some time. Yeah, welcome back to the 18. Mohamed El Manir, who I think at this point has developed a little bit of respectability and hopefully got himself out of the doghouse. Bryce Du, Christian Torres, Quadwo Mahala Opoku, and Tony Leone. That, <laughs> it only took us forever and a freaking day to announce the LAFC lineup. But let's get into the matchup, Scarf. And oops, Seattle kicked off way too early, didn't they? <laughs> well, Seattle kicked off early. BWP ran after the ball. It was like a whole thing. But look, either way. All right. By the way, after the early kickoff, Philly, it was important to note that about 75% of the field was covered in shadow at the start of the match. And it, it was almost as if it was casting a pall over the field because in the third minute, Philly, Mark Anthony K is down Ugh. and he needed to be helped to it. This wasn't a soccer injury where the guy goes down trying to sell it. In fact, the replay on YouTube TV or on ESPN on the broadcast, it looked bad. It didn't look like a break or anything, right? Like it looked bad. He needed to be helped literally up to his feet. He was kind of carried off. He was, he wasn't, putting any weight at all on that right foot of his. And then once he got off the pitch itself onto the sideline there, they literally Ugh. carried him back into the locker room. It was like it was like bad PTSD memories of that time he had to get oh. carried off against that against the Galaxy that yeah. first time they the two met at the bank season one. Yeah, it, it was Ugh. bad. Um it was one of those things though where at the end of the match, Philly, and we'll say this now because you know we're talking about Mark Anthony K, and this will be the last time we talk about Mark Anthony K on this podcast, uh, unless we see, talk about the injury report for the next couple of matches. He was out there on the pitch after the match yep. on crutches. He he seemed to be in good spirits, so we'll see what happens. Even Bob said after the match, right? It's going to take a day or two and a couple of scans, and we'll see what happens. We saw photos of him on Instagram later on. He seemed like he was doing okay. He didn't seem like he was... Like he's probably not going to play immediately, Scarf, no, but I, it doesn't look like he's going to need surgery. It doesn't look like he broke anything. I, I hope not. We don't know anything yet. I think it even could be you know one of those like two Atungavailoa surgeries where he had like this little procedure done on his ankle to help a sprain. But I was shocked, Philly, because he was down for like three minutes, which means that means in the sixth minute, Andy Nahar subbed in for Mark Anthony K. I was shocked that Andy Nahar apparently played five minutes in this match. I thought he got hurt substituting in and tripping over the white line. So it's Andy Nahar in at right back for the next five minutes, and Latif moves to midfield. Definitely not the start we wanted in terms of injuries to Mark Anthony K. Ninth minute, we got away with one Philly. Poor set piece defending again, Oof. but Seattle misses the mark on a free kick there by Nico Logiero. Header over the crossbar. And, and in the 10th minute, I do want to say a bright moment for Adrian Perez, his only bright moment of the match. He had a real rough match today in the first half. He hit the circle button on the PlayStation controller, put the spin move on to draw the foul. A nice move there by the pride of Loyola Marymount University. In the 11th, I mean, that ball, Philly, pinballing around the box, great team defending by LAFC, Eddie Segura, and then Jordan Harvey with a play, and then Dayon to force it out for a corner. All of a sudden, Andy Nahar is down in the box. I didn't even see what happened that he hurt himself. But Philly, he literally walked off the pitch 
and walked down the tunnel. Maybe he just got in his car and left after the match. And frankly, I wouldn't be that upset if he did. No, neither would I. With the amount of injuries that he's had, there's no doubt in my mind that he knew exactly what happened. He he walked off the pitch. I don't I don't recall seeing him at the end of the game in street clothes. He kept an eye out for him, but I I not saying he wasn't there. I I didn't catch it. But no, but no surprise, man. I. I just I haven't been I haven't been solid or, or, or hopeful with this guy in, in quite some time. But to go into this game 13 minutes in, barely 13 minutes in, and we've already lost Mark Anthony K. We've already lost Andy Nahar. I mean, we really lost Andy Nahar back in January at the end of the day. But not a really good sign when you have to use two subs immediately. But the sub that came in for Andy Nahar was a very, very bright, shining star in our lineup. Mohamed Elmanir, who most people were wondering, where the hell is he gone? Should we file a missing persons report? He came into the lineup. This is a player you'd want to see anyway. Again, no disrespect to Nahar, but is anyone surprised? No. Putting in Mohamed Elmanir was, was, I would say, was a difference maker, man. He was everywhere today. He had an incredible match for LAFC, and look, we know he's some for some reason or for a couple of reasons from what we understand he's been in the doghouse been in the doghouse with bob since he, the covid cup maybe has been in the doghouse with some of his teammates i believe and and i i know you agree with me philly that andy nahar the injury here opened up an opportunity for elmo and he played his way the way he played today out of the doghouse and possibly possibly into the starting lineup moving forward with the injury to mark anthony k I firmly believe that that might move Latif Blessing back to the midfield because of what we saw today from Mohamed Elmanir. Sure. So we're looking at potentially, potentially, on one side, you've got Mohamed Elmanir. On the other side, Jordan Harvey moving forward, at least until we get some guys back. And then you have the center back combination that we had today of Dejan Yakovic and Eddie Segura until we can see our man Murillo come off for Dejan Jakovic. I think almost played his way back in. With Mark Anthony K out in the midfield, it's got to be Poncho on one side, Atuesta in the middle, and Blessing on the opposite side. So really happy for Mohamed Omanir and the way that he played today. 14th minute, we have a steal by the Moose for LAFC's first counter. But unfortunately, the pass to Bradley Wright Phillips just a little off. But in the 15th minute, Philly, the last couple matches, LAFC getting on the board first. Edward Atuesta... I mean, come on. The set piece that he took there on the free kick, an absolutely perfect ball to the back post for Danny Musovsky, who easily, easily headed that ball in past Stefan Fry. Philly, the moose is loose. We're up one nothing. The moose is loose, and he was the first person to kick Seattle in the caboose. His third goal of the season, great header past Stefan Fry. And, and I got to tell you something. Most teams, I would say most teams, would probably collapse losing two players to injury so quickly. But the fact that they so quickly got everything together, that they were in a situation, yes, they did have a set piece. The fact that Edward Atuesta, again, one of the best damn midfielders in this league, floated such a great ball, connecting with Danny the Moose, loose, kicking Seattle in the caboose. 
I, I didn't, that's the third time, by the way, that we've heard that from Philly. So I far. like it. It's, it's going to be the makings of a song. You we, have your Brian song. I'm going to I'm going to make a song about Danny the Moose. That's we, my commitment. We to couldn't tell that you like it, Philly. <laughs> I'm just I'm just happy for him. He's got three goals on the season. He's got freaking two more than that chump Chicha down in Carson. It's kind of funny. I don't think Chicha's a chump. I like Manchester United. and I like Chicha then, but it's fun to poke 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 the bear. But anyway. It's, to me, that's a big deal. The resiliency that they showed to go out there and score a goal despite the adversity they had faced, that's, that's a, that was a statement goal, Scarf. To punch the defending MLS Cup champions in the face that way with having two injuries, big statement. Yeah, look, 17th minute, it was Moose again with another takeaway. And I thought to myself, after watching Danny Masovsky play, literally was hair on fire for the first 20 minutes or so. I know, not literally, but that's fine. I, I was a little unsure of how Danny would be able to keep it up for 90 minutes because he looked so, so good and was playing with so much energy through those first 20 minutes or so. A bad foul by Poncho after a turnover, and it was a bad turnover, so followed by a bad foul. Don't put bad after bad. That never goes well, and he's got a card negative to match his boots. turns into a positive later on for yeah, him, though. Yeah, but you know what? That was a bad early yellow on Poncho Ginella, a guy who we needed there in that match. Fortunately, it didn't come back to haunt him. He didn't change his style of play at all either. I mean, he was on a yellow for, what, the last 70-plus minutes of the match, but played really well. Will Bruin just missing Jordan Morris with a pass through the box in the 22nd minute. And 23rd minute, a guy who I love, right, Joao Paulo. These are the kind of things that he does. He thought he would catch Pablo napping, but his shot from midfield, yes, midfield, because Pablo was a little far out. As we know, Pablo likes to go on walkabout every now and then. His long shot missed just wide, and that led to a long throw, by the way, for Seattle in the 25th minute. Yep, header off a throw-in, scarf, easy grab for Pablo Cisniega, and he had a couple of freebies, no doubt about that, he had a couple of freebies. 27th minute, long ball from Jordan Harvey, crosses in the box, right to Adrian Perez, his header falls a little short and easily corralled by Stefan Fry. I would say that that was a goal that Adrian Perez should have had. That was a situation where we could have ended up 2 nothing. But then we could also argue that in the 23rd minute, Joao's, Joao could have had something. And there were, there were a lot of near misses, let's put it that way. But yeah, I would say that Adrian Perez should have capitalized on that. 31st minute, great move by Brad Smith to split two defenders. <laughs> this is hilarious. Latif tried to body up on him, but he caught the worst of it. In hockey terms, he definitely caught a shoulder check. Brad Smith just totally put Latif in his back pocket. His back pocket, not even his front pocket. But nothing happened, <laughs> and that's a good thing. 32nd minute, Janela, long shot from distance, good pace. Right at Fry, though, another very easy save. And 34th minute, Scarf. Turnover by LAFC. Starts with indecision by Pablo. Ugh, sometimes that happens. It almost ends up in a goal. On the ensuing corner, Seattle is screaming for a handball, which would have ended up being credited to Dejan Yakovic, which would have definitely had us all up in arms because... It wouldn't have been the first time that he would have been guilty of a handball in the box, but fortunately, that call went right. But you know what? I'm not even going to say fortunately because we had a lot of unfortunate things happen to us in the beginning of the game. So that's the story there. Yeah, Philly, 38th minute. Something that I saw a couple of times, and we'll talk about this as we go through the course of the match. Jordan Harvey had some great crossing passes today. Really got some balls into the box that forced Stefan Fry off his line. This one in the 38th had to be punched away. Mohamed Omanir with a nice corner, but that one's played out by Seattle in the 39th. And 43rd minute, Brad Smith. I, I 
didn't understand how he missed this one. Again, another goal that could have, should have, would have been scored by Seattle. Brad Smith missing his header wide off the cross, and it really looked like we lost him. We didn't know he was on the back post. Had a wide open goal there, a la, by the way, Danny Musovsky earlier in the match. And in the 45th minute, Philly, I, I don't know how Seattle did not score right here before the half. And really, that would have completely changed the complexity of this match. Christian Roldan breaking down several defenders in the box, finding a wide open Will Bruin, who is not Raul Ruiz Diaz, and who somehow skied it over the bar. That's one that Ruiz Diaz, by the way, slots home easily 10 times out of 10. But Will Bruin, again, not Raul Rui Diaz in stoppage time. I really liked Danny Musovsky again in the first half, not just because he scored the goal, but he was doing a lot of what Brian Rodriguez has started to do, tracking back on defense, helping out inside the box. He creates a turnover for LAFC in stoppage time, and we had to ward off three set pieces, Philly, in the last minute or two. The third one, which you and I both thought came well after the five minutes of stoppage, that they, by the way, rightfully awarded. That was fine. Five minutes wasn't the problem. It was the sixth and almost seventh minute for some yeah. reason that they were allowed to keep going. But it's a one nothing and an improbable one at that. A one nothing halftime lead, Philly, for LAFC going into the locker room. The soccer gods definitely changed their favor. It, we thought it would be Seattle with those two early injuries. And the fact that Seattle had some golden opportunities that, that missed. The fact that... Danny the Moose was able to capitalize and score his third goal on the season. I would say if there's one word that would pretty much describe the entire first half, relief, absolute relief. I I wouldn't have imagined that we would have been leading going into the half because we have been consistently inconsistent for a good portion of the season. As far as the first half highlights go, shots, Seattle had a lot more than we did. 11 of 4. Shots on target, though. We had 2 to their 1. Possession, Roughly even, 48-52 them. Passing accuracy, they were both 83% even. Seattle had a couple more chances than we did, 3-1. to one. Corners, they had three more than we did, 4-1. to one. And we were equals with fouls. And that is the first half statistics. And scarf. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy that we had first half statistics. Do you remember last week? Yeah, last we got match. no half statistics. We got no statistics at all. We had 100% passing accuracy and 100% possession of the ball as far as last week's statistics were concerned. Look, in, in defense to not having statistics, the MLS's statistics robot was apparently broken. So we didn't get anything last match. Yeah, Philly, starting the second half, we had an early sub in the half. Not that we didn't have two early subs before because of injury. But you really felt like Adrian Perez after that first chance or so. I didn't even know he was on the pitch, and that's unfortunate. I'm a big fan of Adrian Perez, but to put it nicely, he did not have a good match today. So next up, and and we called this, by the way, in our last couple of podcasts, the 16-year-old Academy product Christian Torres into the match for 45 minutes in place of Adrian Perez. We had a nice tackle by Eddie Segura in the 49th. 51st minute, a great ball there, though, by Christian Torres to BWP, but unfortunately it was turned over, and that led to Mohamed El Munir having to make a great stop and Pablo wrapping some things up. LAFC Ooh, looking a, a stop little it was, out of sorts right up until maybe about the 55th minute or so. Another good cross by Jordan Harvey, but Philly on that punch out, it was Stefan Fry starting a counter 
for Seattle. Luckily, LAFC able to handle it. And Philly, probably the most important moment of the match happens here in the 57th minute. And this is who was awarded the man of the match. And it was because of this moment right here in the 57th. It was the save of the match. Without a doubt, saved our butts. But that wasn't credited to Pablo. It was credited to Jordan Harvey. Jordan Harvey on the back line. Great ball in, rattles around the box. The shot was right on the money. But fortunately, fortunately, Jordan Harvey was there just in the nick of time. And he totally saved our butts. Jordan Harvey, the guy that people were telling retire get ready to retire you're done in this league it's awful hang it up old man nah that old man came through jordan harvey with the save of the match the absolute save of the match minute later 58th awful call by the ref that wasn't look i I normally don't like to bring out a lot of the uh the, the faux pas that the referees make but there were quite a few of them in this match Pro, which is the 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 conglomerate that gives the MLS most of their their referees. I don't know where they find these guys, man. I mean, I, you could put Schmitty McMittens in in a yellow jersey, and I'm sure he would probably ref a, a better game. But anyway, awful call by the ref, leading to a bogus corner by Seattle. After Latif commits a hard foul, but somehow Nico able to pop right back up. Free kick coming, nothing happens there, and Seattle makes some subs. Alex Roldan, who I didn't know existed until this season. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, by the way. He he got all upset for you guys just peek behind the curtain. A couple of games ago, last time we played Seattle, Philly got all upset. See, they got the lineup wrong on MLS.com or MLSsoccer.com because they couldn't afford to buy the actual website from the MLS people, the real estate. Major League Look, Soccer, Soccer.com. Major League Soccer, Soccer.com. Rodan didn't start. Look, he's subbing in the game right now. And I went, dude, that's that's his brother, Alex. He goes, dude, shut up. He doesn't have a brother. I go, Philly, Philly, look, look at look at the lineup. He goes, oh my God, there's two Roldans out there. And now, Alex Roldan. Yeah, and, and at this point, they're not the only two brothers on the same team anymore, Scar. No, but they were on the same team first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> most people would know the Higuains over the Roldans. That's true. And and don't forget the Charas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Two two Charas, one cup. We, uh, we, we, we had an episode about that. But he was into the match. Knew who was into the match. Brad Smith subbed out. Delem subbed out. And... Moving right along, two minutes in. Oh, boy. And on the free kick, this is where things get kind of scary, defenders. (laughs) Pablo absolutely crushes Eddie Segura. They're on the the same team. We quote wrestling a lot. I could could definitely hear JR when Mick Foley gets tossed off of the cage. Oh, my God, he's dead. Like, it was like one of those situations. Eddie is down, and he took all of the arm and possibly the head from Pablo. Pablo down two, but he looked okay, and he was the first of the two to get up. I personally, Scarf, can't think of a worse injury for LAFC right now rather than the captain of our defense. Losing him right now, we might as well throw in the damn white towel. Segura definitely being checked for concussion, and I'm going to report on some of this a little later, but (laughs) Alejandro Guido had his kid on. We thought that the ghost of Alejandro Guido... Wasn't going to be a ghost anymore. Finally going to make his first appearance in a black and gold uniform for LAFC. No doubt he would have deserved it. The guy went down to San Diego Loyal, took it like a champion, scored a couple of goals there, and then came back and figured he'd get his first minutes. But fortunately for us, Eddie stayed in. Unfortunately for Alejandro, and we'll talk more about that later. (laughs) But 64th minute, we resume play. 66th minute, and this one made Vince LaRosa, who's sitting next to us, go... 
Oh! Okay, here's the thing. You guys have to understand. Last time we were covering a match, Philly forgot that when you're covering the match as media, you're not allowed to celebrate. Well, why is it always blame and, fi- hashtag no, blame Philly? But this was something you did. I'm not blaming you. This was actual fact. You did this. It was, I believe. I'm a passionate man. You are. I I believe it was a Danny Masovsky goal, and Danny scores, and Philly jumps up out of scenes, goes, Yeah! And then looks around and sees everybody just looking at him. And remember, it is so quiet at Bank of California Stadium that, yeah, they have the crowd noise pumped in and everything else, but I'm pretty sure some of the photographers sitting a couple of sections below us were able to turn and look up at Philly after he celebrated. And, and, And here we have grizzled media veteran, super savvy Vince LaRosa who sits there and and he takes it all in and he's so cerebral. I knew it was a big deal, Philly, in the 66th minute when we heard audibly from a few rows away, Vince LaRosa go, ooh, he got super excited about this play and there was a lot to get excited about Philly. Jordan Harvey, a little sick back heel pass to Christian Torres, who found BWP. He did the right thing. Hot potato. I know who BWP is. He scored 116 goals in Major League Soccer. Let's get it to him. Found BWP in the box, who was also apparently in a wrestling match with his defender. That might have even been Yamar Gomez Andrade. Passes it out to the wing. It kind of glanced off Danny Musovsky. So everything, by the way, Danny Musovsky's nickname might have to be Midas from here on out because everything he was touching today turned into gold. The ball glancing off Danny Musovsky to Pancho Ginella, and he rockets it home from, I believe, just inside the box. Philly, somehow LAFC up 2 nothing right now with this lineup. Can you dig it? sucker harnessing my my inner booker t we make a lot of wrestling references actually mine was a shaquille o'neal reference back when we were celebrating oh no come on we talk about wrestling all the time i I know no no but i'm saying the can you dig it that was shaq at the parade for the lakers fans who celebrate championships here in this city for basketball philly sorry i am unaware of that's what championships quite, for basketball are celebrated That's like. quite all right. That was a Shaq reference. I, I do miss the Shaq and Kobe days. But, yeah, Philly, 2 nothing LAFC. That would have not happened. So, Jordan Harvey did make the sick backheel pass. But he it took a little bit of effort on his part to even get to that situation. He had the ball, almost turned it over, stuck with the play, battled it out, won the ball, then made that sick backheel pass. None of that would have made it. None of that goal would have not been possible had it not been for Jordan Harvey's efforts. And the fact that it ricocheted in the way that it did to Poncho, man, what 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 a great... That goal right there was a really good example, a microcosm as to how LAFC won this match. It was a total team effort. Yes, there were a couple of shining stars, but it was a total team effort. Total team effort came into making that goal happen. Total team effort came into making this win happen. But Poncho Janela opens up his scoring... Bank account. <laughs> you like that scoring bank account. That's actually kind of creative. I'm going to pat myself on the back for that one. But it was an amazing goal. <laughs> and it would have not happened again had it not been for Jordan Harvey, who was definitely our man of the match. Yeah, let's move into, oh, about the 72nd minute where, Philly, you actually caught this. I missed it. Another bad corner given to Seattle by the referees. And it looked like Jordan Harvey took a shot from uh, Leardom there on Hold, that on that play. You, you I, said it looked I, like I he got bl- slapped. He looked like he got slapped. Edward Atuesta got in. Yeah, he 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 kind of flopped a little bit. But where's the card? Jordan Harvey gets smacked and nothing happens. Where where where's the card? And then Seattle gets a corner on that situation. Horse poop. That absolute horse poop. I mean. <laughs> 
Edward Atuesta didn't really help the argument by flopping in the way that he did. I know he's a lot tougher than that. But Harvey definitely got smacked up in that situation. And it really pissed me off, Scarf, that Seattle ended up having that corner because we know how LAFC has been like in terms of defending set pieces. That could have been an ugly thing. And for the ref to completely miss that, not on one occasion, but on two occasions, who are you people from pro? You God-awful referees. Yeah, it looked pretty bad. You were upset about that one, Philly. Don't worry. Just two minutes later, though, Nico Lodiero gets a card for throwing a temper tantrum on the sideline. He bounced the ball really hard up into the stands. It it might have maybe hit like a South End Falcon or something, the way that he bounced (laughs) that ball over there. Shout out Red. Roman Torres comes into the match, and I swear to God, it's Isaac from Ted Lasso. You don't recognize the man without his dreads. Kind of like Kyle Beckerman. (laughs) He comes in for Kevin Leardom. In the 76th minute, Philly, things getting a little chippy between these two themes. Jeebus. Sorry. <laughs> a hard foul by Pancho Ginella led to a free kick by Nico Lodiero. And I'm sorry, you're probably... Good Lord, man. What? You've got a couple of two. I'm just saying. the Philly, to see this next play, you can go on MLSsoccer.com. You can go on, on Seattle Sounders' website. You can. It probably made the top ten of ESPN on Sports Center tonight. A, a world class goal by Nico Lodiero off this free kick. Absolutely nothing you can do about it. This would be a goal that you would see scored in the Prem. This would be a goal that you would see scored in La Liga. It doesn't matter the European league that you're talking about. It doesn't matter the the team that's playing, the player that's that's making this play. Nico Lodiero. This was a a special free kick that you just kind of have to take your hat off to. And again, Philly, we've had this theme now for the last couple of matches, maybe three or four matches, where Pablo Cisniega, up until this match, really didn't get tested, tested all that much in the last match. And even on the goals that he gave up, including this free kick here, Philly, you look at it as, you know what? None of that is on Pablo, especially this goal. This goal was ridiculous. Yeah, it was I mean, so oh my goodness. It was a classy goal. But Philly, I will say this. Pablo, while he had a couple of moments, right? A couple of moments of indecisiveness. He's starting to find himself as a keeper. And I really feel like this, obviously he gave up one goal. But in my mind, it's a clean sheet other than that. Because there was nothing that... He let in that he shouldn't. There were a couple moments of indecisiveness, but really happy with the way that Pablo Cisniega played today. And I just thought about Samuel L. Jackson right before he shuts down the power grid in Jurassic Park after that goal scored by Nico Lodiero. He says, hold on to your butts. And I definitely felt like these last 14 minutes would be a hold on to your butts kind of moment. Uh, there was a, a save by Pablo Cisniega just two minutes later on a hard-charging Jordan Morris, and, and it is definitely game on. Seattle getting oh, the momentum there. Dayon was there to clean up the trash on that situation. Dayon did well. Pablo played well. And in the 80th minute, a yellow card for Joao Paulo, who, again, didn't change the way he was played at all. 82nd minute, Pablo tested again. And I wrote it here in the 82nd minute. He's not having to make a ton of saves, but he's definitely having to make plays, right? And that's what I like to see, him being able to make those plays. And I loved what I saw. But in the 84th minute, Philly, I I couldn't believe what I saw. We're up (laughs) 3-1. But Latif might have paid for that one with his head. BWP is on after the perfect pass. 
He slots it back to Latif, who rockets a pretty darn good shot. Latif doesn't get that many great shots on goal. That was a pretty darn good shot, but unfortunately, it was saved by Stefan Fry. Latif tries to make a play for the ball and catches a boot. Pretty much wipes him off the play. But fortunately, the ball made it to Danny the Moose. And the Moose is loose and kicks Seattle for the second time in the caboose with a brace. 3-1 to one LAFC. That's the, the unlikeliest. Time, by the way. Yeah, time it's, number four. It might be heard. the chorus of my new song. Oh, the God. unlikeliest of people. Danny Musovsky, four goals on the season. The striker that we didn't know how he would fit in the lineup. The striker that we... There was no fanfare to, but at this point, there's got to be some Moose fans in the Defenders of the Bank and LAFC faithful. There has to be a a bunch of Moose fans because, I mean, he single-handedly took out Seattle at the end of the day. Fortunately, Poncho had an insurance goal, but Danny the Moose with a brace. 3-1 to LAFC, and... God, I would say the sweat beads off our forehead kind of dried up because going into this 80th minute, knowing that we allowed a goal on a set piece, knowing our history in the 80th minute, knowing that we're the type of team that give up goals, give up leads as we did the last time at the bank against Seattle. I'm sorry, the last time against San Jose. Oh, man, what a relief, brother. I said the first half, the word that summed it up was relief. I'm going to say the thing for the second half as well. Look, I'm going to watch this kid that subbed in the 87th minute for Seattle. <laughs> Josh Atencio, 18-year-old kid, is absolutely massive. This kid is huge. We watched him sub into the match, and, and he made, you know, Yamar Gomez-Andrade look normal-sized on this one. The kid is 18 years old. I mentioned he's kind of like that Rottweiler puppy that has those massive paws and still hasn't kind of grown into everything. I'm going to watch Josh Atencio for the Seattle Sounders. He came in for Joao Paulo, Miguel Ibarra for Will Bruin. In the 88th minute, why not? Mohamed Onir picks up a yellow card. In the 90th minute, Philly. I know they cut to this on the YouTube broadcast. You and I saw him sitting there in this beautiful white hat. Carlos Vela. It was really nice to see Carlos Vela pitch side. But I think... He's been there, though, Scar. I, I know. It was, again, it's just nice to see him. I, I, I love seeing Carlos Vela in the building. He wore this beautiful white hat. I, I would like to come up with a theory that I think Danny Masovsky wanted that hat tonight because in the 90th minute... <laughs> I see what you did See there. what I did there? I see Danny Masovsky was just wide. I mean, he came in and, and it reminded me of like the first 10, 15 minutes of the match where he was pressing, creating turnovers. He, he did it again in the 90th minute. I can't tell you how amazingly I thought Danny Masovsky played tonight. Really proud of this kid. I think he wanted Carlos Vela's white hat. Hey, you in the white hat. He just missed. He wanted that hat trick. He's sitting on a brace. We're talking about a kid that was like our seventh in line to play striker at some point this season behind Adrian Perez, behind Adama Diamande, behind Bradley Wright Phillips, behind, I don't know, Diego Rossi, Brian Rodriguez, and Carlos Vela. So you're looking at a guy who was seventh in the pecking order for minutes, not only getting significant minutes, but making huge contributions for LAFC. Danny flipping Musovsky. Are you kidding me? Six minutes of stoppage time, Philly. In the second minute, lots of players with the ball for LAFC, but it reminded me a little bit of last year where nobody wanted to take a shot, but it's a corner earned by the 16-year-old Christian Torres, and in stoppage time. Why not let him finish it out, by the way? But after playing about 99 minutes of action, and that's kind of significant, right? Because that was his old number. 
Bradley Wright Phillips coming out of the match for Mahala, who you talked all about in the lead-up to the recap. So Quadwa Opoku getting his first minutes as an LAFC player. I really love the way Christian Torres tried to salt this thing away at the end. Lots of dead play in the corner. And just like that, Philly, the match is over. We get the whistle. And I, I look, I, I'm... I'm as big of a black and gold fan as there is. So is this gentleman sitting about six feet socially distant away to my left? Like maybe 6.2. There's no way that you could have predicted Philly, and because I definitely didn't, but you did the one more sleep segment. There's no way I would have predicted a 3-1 win in the emphatic way that we earned it in the second half. Easily, Philly, our best match of the season. This was a pleasant surprise without a doubt. I can't say I anticipated this result. It's been a crazy year, and for the first time all freaking season, we finally have back-to-back wins. For the first time in <laughs> forever. Oh, my goodness. Oh, more, more beautiful melodies by the scarf. <laughs> the member of the Jelly Bean Club scarf. Oh, my God. Still, let's go. Finish up, finish up this episode. We've been Dude. talking for well over an hour. What a great win. I mean, definitely a morale booster. The boys rallied together, and again, despite the adversity they had faced with Kay and Nahar going out early, they rallied together, and the unlikeliest of players stepped up. Jordan Harvey, a player who a lot of the black and gold faithful thought was washed up. Man of the match, without a doubt. Unbelievable backheel pass, some great saves. Jordan Harvey was the man today. Danny the Moose. A player that I mentioned on One More Sleep needed to step up. He gets a brace. He's got his third and fourth goal on the season. Pancho Janela, a player that in some cases we can argue disappeared throughout some of the matches in the early parts of the season. He comes in with a cracker of a goal. Pablo Cisniega making some really, really good saves. Latif Blessing doing Latif Blessing things. Mohamed Elmanir hopefully getting out of the doghouse. It was a total team effort. This team at this point, with the exception of Edward Atuesta, not full of all-stars at this point. Not full of all-stars. But somehow they managed to rally together and, and, and take out the defending Major League Soccer champions. No designated players on this roster, yet somehow they found it in themselves to rally together, and I will say the benefit more than likely was the fact that we had some extra time off. I I said it on One More Sleep, it probably benefited us because we were able to create a better and more clear game plan without having to like worry and have about a quick turnaround. The boys did exceptionally well. A much-needed win, a much-surprised win, and it's fantastic that we came out of this beautiful day, a day in which the Los Angeles Lakers won their 17th Woo! NBA championship, and the Rams ended up getting a win too. An unbelievable day for Los Angeles sports. I would say capped off by the fact that LAFC somehow managed to rally and put together a win over the Seattle Sounders. Oh, I'm sorry. Now I can legit go back to calling them the Flounders. So let's look at the table as we look at the carnage that is the wreckage of all of the matches today. (laughs) LAFC leapfrogging Minnesota United in a fourth, which means we would now host a fanless match at Bank of California Stadium. We are now on 24 points and a plus seven goal differential. Seattle staying at the top of the table with 30 points, but their MLS best goal differential 
lowered to plus 18. And they'll have company at 30 points now with their rivals, Portland, who beat San Jose 3-0. Philly, we get to travel to beautiful Portland, Oregon, not to take on the Timbers, my friend, but to take on the Vancouver Whitecaps on October 14th, which as I check my calendar, Philly, oh dear God, that's in just three days. We're talking 72 hours, so in just 48 hours or so, you'll hear another episode of One More Sleep. But we're going to be pretty tired and pretty thin. I don't imagine we're going to see Mark Anthony K in that match. I don't imagine we should ever see Andy Nahar in black and gold ever again. So we're going to be a little thinner on that back line and in the midfield. So, again, we already talked about it. I think Mohamed Elmanir, and I know you agree with me on this one, Philly. Mohamed Elmanir looks like he's played his way back into the starting lineup. Without a doubt. Looks like Latif will be moving to midfield to take Mark Anthony Kay's place. And, I mean, what will Bradley Wright Phillips be able to give us because we have two matches in the next seven days. We've got Wednesday against Vancouver in Portland. And then Sunday, next Sunday, we play Portland, also in Portland. Vancouver can't cross the border to go back, if you're wondering why they're playing in Portland. So does that mean, by the way, Philly, that LAFC might take advantage of the beautiful hospitality of Portland, Oregon, and just stay there from Wednesday through Sunday? Are they even allowed to do that? I mean, Real Salt Lake is able to travel wherever they want, but apparently they're not able to come. They're not able to come to Bank California Stadium, according to the MLS schedule makers. Thanks so much for that. But either way, Philly, we've got two matches in the next seven days. Lots of rest, lots of treatment. I mean. Maybe against Vancouver because of the way that they like to pack the box and and really play on the counter. Maybe, Philly, I'm going to throw this out there. Maybe we don't see BWP. Maybe Quadwell Poku. Maybe Christian Torres. Maybe Alejandro Guido. You bring up something really interesting. Now, you get some inside information from Defenders of the Bank. Alejandro Guido, he mentioned that he was getting warmed up. And then... Eddie Segura was able to get back into the matchup, and Alejandro Guido had to sit down again. You figure that at that point, since he was getting warmed up, he had a jersey on that maybe Bob would put him into the lineup. No, he didn't get put in the lineup. At the end of the match, it was Opoku who ended up in the lineup. And we saw this firsthand, something you probably wouldn't have seen on the telecast, was that the minute the whistle blew... And the rest of the LAFC players went onto the pitch. Alejandro Guido took off his penny, threw it to the ground in frustration, and walked back to the locker room. Scarf, do you think that emotion was warranted? Look, he's been with the black and gold for a couple of years now, has not featured in a match. And there he was getting ready to come in, albeit for an injured Eddie Segura, who apparently wasn't as injured as the concussion protocol thought that he might be for just a second there. But... I would have been frustrated too. Philly, he has been yearning for his first minutes in Major League Soccer. He's got minutes with Cholos down there in Tijuana. He's got minutes for the San Diego Loyal. He's got goals for the San Diego Loyal. He wants to get those minutes. And I have to attribute this to Vince LaRosa. We were talking about it afterwards. He said, look, maybe even though it was a 3-1 win after the match, maybe you want one of your players feeling hungry and being upset and wanting to take the pitch like that. And I hope he's right. I hope we don't lose the focus of Alejandro Guido, who might be thinking, look, I've spent two seasons of my career here now. I don't have a single minute of black and gold experience in a major league soccer match. 
to talk about. I'd be frustrated too, but that being said, it was a 3-1 victory, right? So maybe you go out and you high-five your teammates and then you kick some stuff in the locker room. Agreed. But, Absolutely but agreed. That being said, look, I look, if you're not playing, you're watching the match. And, and frankly, it doesn't matter if you're getting paid by LAFC to do it or if you're let in nice enough by Aubrey and Seth for LAFC PR like we were today. And, and we're not getting paid by anybody to do this. No. I, I think Labor it's got to be... love, defenders. It, it's got to be more frustrating, obviously, for Alejandro Guido, who wants to play. So I like the fire. I like the fire. But after a 3-1 victory, it seemed a little odd. That being said... I am pulling for this kid. I want yeah, of course. one half of the four, or actually three and a half, I guess, right? Name that Perez's. We used to have Adrian. We used to have Javi. We used to have Josh. We still have Adrian. We d- I know what I'm saying. We used to have three and a half Perez's with Alejandro Guido, whose I think mother's maiden name is Perez. So it was Alejandro Guido Perez, Adrian Perez, Josh Perez, and Javi Perez. I miss the days of name that Perez. But Philly, if I had to ask you to name that Perez, it was really upset after the match. That would be Alejandro Guido. That being said, we have another podcast, Philly, in, oh, just about 72 hours from right now. It's going to be a fun match against Vancouver, of course, played in their favorite home park of the Providence Park, Portland. Uh, it's, gonna, it's just so interesting to me to have – Philly, there's got to be like a 30 for 30 or whatever the conversion rate is to Canadian dollars or whatever for, for watching Vancouver this season. Maybe it, I think that's like a 42.8 of 42.8 or whatever the 30 for 30 might be. I want to know the story of how Vancouver has felt all season. Mark Dos Santos doesn't seem like a happy individual to begin with, but to not be able to go home, to not be able to to train in your own country and to play in your home pitch, that's got to be real tough for these Vancouver Whitecaps. That being said, Philly, it is not going to be an easy match for the black and gold. I'm all set here on episode 123. Do you have anything else you'd like to add before we close out what is almost becoming a 90-minute episode? Good Lord. Cautiously optimistic, preparing for the worst, but hoping for the best. I truly believe that that is the way that we have to think for the course of this season. It's been a strange, strange year. Scarf, we have done an awful lot of work together. We have seen an awful lot of things. And we've been fortunate enough to be led into the bank, whereas plenty of other people, probably maybe even more deserving than us, should have been led into the bank. But that being the case, we have a really legitimate shot. We've got a defender coming to us, potentially, that could really be a key component to this cog we have four players on international duty that are getting some unbelievable experiences and training with some really really good players and hopefully we are not far away from seeing the return of our captain Carlos Vela and Tristan Blackman I I genuinely believe that we can make a deep run into this postseason and look the end of the season is right around the corner a month from now scarf regular season is Done. We're going to be talking about playoffs. Sure, we got a crazy, crazy couple of weeks ahead of us with the matches and then obviously the rescheduling of this Colorado match that got postponed. Who knows what the heck their season's going to look like with all the cases they've had. And I feel so incredibly bad for Steven Betashore. He finally gets himself a contract and this freaking club goes on hiatus because of COVID. He can't catch a break, but at least he signed to a club. Anyway, Without wasting any more time, Scarf, today was an unbelievable day. Life is made up of a series of moments. And in those moments in between, you're pretty much doing, going through the motions. But today was just 
an orgasm of sports amazingness. The Lakers, the Rams, and obviously LAFC. We finally have something to rejoice in a crazy time period. I'm so happy that LA gets to party, and I want to be there to celebrate with the city that I now call home, the city that I now love from the bottom of my heart. Scarf, it's been a tremendous day. I'm done as well. Let's end this episode as we always do. My 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 jelly bean club. <laughs> first, first of all, I would like to apologize for the children that were still listening here in the 90th minute of our episode. And and we're not going to talk about, by the way, we talked about this earlier, we're not going to talk about the fact that Lee Wynn and Walker Zimmerman both scored today. But oh, you're God, absolutely that's, right, That's Philly. awful. That's, that's, that's kerosene on a fire. You're absolutely right, Philly. We're going to end it the way we like to do all of our episodes. Why do I think it might also include Philly throwing an empty can over his shoulder at no, this point? No, it's still half full. Oh, good. Miracles happen. You guys know how we like to end our episodes. We'll see you in 72 hours for our next one on episode 124. And this has been episode 123 of the Hardest Work working podcast here in LAFC. See, Philly likes to say that. I like to say the most LAFC podcast on earth, Defenders of the Bank, and we would like to wish you a very healthy and hearty. Bye-bye.